0: You are listening to the Kyle Talks Podcast, hosted by Kyle Garlett.
1: This is the case smooth hour here on Kyle talks podcast. It's 14 minutes past the hour. This is of course the Vince Giraldi trio, the theme song to a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and to me that is the official kickoff of the holiday season. It is not the holidays until Charlie Brown and the peanuts gang tells us it is. I absolutely love uh, well obviously a great pumpkin Charlie Brown but then you get into the Thanksgiving. Uh, when Linus sits around and and tells the story of the first Thanksgiving. uh, That's just phenomenal. And of course, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. The season is upon us. It is Thanksgiving. I am Kyle Garland, and thank you for joining me for this special Thanksgiving edition of the Kyle Talks podcast. As we do with each episode, we start off with the survivor of the week. Now, I've often... uh, you know, I was having a hard time this week deciding on who would be the Survivor of the Week. It's obviously a big week. It's a special week. Um, and tr- trying to find an appropriate story that would kind of fit the mood of what Thanksgiving means to me. And I was having a hard time with that. So I decided that this week's Survivor of the Week goes out to everybody who is spending this holiday in the hospital. Now, I have spent a number of holidays in the hospital being treated for both uh, my my cancers uh, well all four of the two different kinds of cancers that I was uh, uh that the four different battles that, that is and uh I've spent Thanksgiving I've spent Christmas I've spent birthdays in the hospital and so I uh, I know what a tough time that is I know how challenging that can be because you're already sick you're already feeling uncertain um Life is uh, is at its worst at that moment, and then here it is, everybody's out celebrating, especially a holiday like Thanksgiving, where, where really it's centered around being thankful for the blessings in our lives, uh, taking stock of all of the good things that have happened to us, and it's a challenging thing to do when at that very moment, those good things are really hard to find, uh, you know, so... Um, I know what a tough time it can be. The hospitals do a phenomenal job, I got to say, um, everyone that I've ever been in. Uh, the hospital staffs are very aware of the uh, extra stress and strain that puts on patients to be in a situation where they are sick, battling their lives, maybe maybe afraid that this is going to be their last holiday season and they're spending it in the hospital you know even when they're visited by loved ones they're still separated from loved ones because those those people will go home and they will be there alone in their thoughts at some point over the thanksgiving night um it's a challenging time uh but to all of you out there who who are in the hospital right now you are surviving this you will spend days at home again um and and really there is so much to be thankful for be thankful that that you uh, you have so many people right now dedicated to uh, to caring for you, nurses and doctors, obviously your friends and family, uh, trying to make sure that you have the best Thanksgiving possible. There is a, a team of people right now. I mean, I just was reading about some breakthroughs in breast cancer therapies uh, here in the in, here in Europe. Um, just some amazing stuff going on. Lots to be thankful for, even when we are sick, even when we are alone um there is so much to uh so many blessings for us to take stock in and just to uh to relish um i remember uh, my first thanksgiving after my heart transplant and uh and uh what a, what a what a wonderful time that was for my family of course i couldn't help but think of my donor's family who was also going through their first thanksgiving Without their loved one, I had my first Thanksgiving with my new life, and they had their first Thanksgiving with their new and um, uh, new, worse life—the life that uh, was empty because of their loved one's passing. And so, um, it's, it can be a tough time, but but it's also a time that we survive and we we move forward, and we thrive on uh, because it is the Christmas season and it is the season of miracles, the season of glad tidings, a season where we all come together and help one another. So for all of you in the hospital right now and spending this Thanksgiving eating hospital turkey, you are our survivors of the week. Moving on to our Thanksgiving week heroes, So many worthy selections, so many people working hard to make sure that others have a special holiday. I want to highlight three such organizations built from the grassroots for one purpose and one purpose only to give holiday meals to people who might otherwise not have them. We start in Salt Lake City, Utah with a man named Rob Adams. Three years ago, Rob founded Thanksgiving Heroes and you can find them at ThanksgivingHeroes.com. Rob had grown up poor in South Texas and remembers how others helped him and his family back when he was a boy. Now living in Utah and now successful, Rob wanted to return the favor, so he founded his 503C charity with a very simple goal of feeding families. Well, in the three years that Thanksgiving Heroes has been in existence, he's been able to feed more than 1,000 families, and he hopes that this year he will feed another 1,000. It's Thanksgiving-centered, of course, but on their website they detail how for just $60, they can feed a family for a week, which includes the gift of a 15- to 20-pound turkey, potato-stuffing gravy, pumpkin pie, and much, much more. Oh, yeah, and of course, whipped cream. In New York City, Rob Lacasio and his team at Feeding NYC read all about them at feedingnyc.org. They've been hand-delivering Thanksgiving Day meals to families since 2001. They have now fed more than 40,000 families in need since its inception. Working in a partnership with Women in Need, Jewish Federation, Catholic Charities, and City Harvest, Feeding NYC can put together a complete family-style Thanksgiving dinner and hand-deliver it to the family for just a thirty-five dollar donation. They are of course also powered by many great volunteers as well as those donations. And in Los Angeles, there's an organization called Food on Foot, whose mission it is to distribute food and sleeping bags to, to over 350 people in Hollywood on Thanksgiving Day. I know it's Southern California, but trust me, it does get cold at night in the winter, and those sleeping bags are every bit as important as the food. Food on foot is completely self-funded from private donations and and rely strictly on volunteers. They also understand their mission goes well beyond Thanksgiving, also providing the vulnerable communities of Hollywood and L.A. with clothes, work opportunities, and ultimately they seek to help them transition into full-time employment. You can find their website at foodonfoot.org, where you can also read about a number of the people that they've helped get off the streets and into complete self-sufficiency. So we say a big thank you to Thanksgiving Heroes, Feeding NYC, and Food on Foot, For going the extra mile to help those in need this Thanksgiving, you are our heroes of the week. And of course, you too can be a hero by volunteering for an an organization in your area. But a word of caution, please don't just show up at a soup kitchen unannounced on Thanksgiving. You You will not be the only one with that idea, and you may become more of a hindrance and less of a help. Please go through their normal volunteer channel so that the organization can help find the place most helpful to them. And please remember that on the day after Thanksgiving and every other day of the year, those communities in need will still exist. Lots of people think of helping the needy on Thanksgiving. Please don't forget about them by next Tuesday. So why do we have Thanksgiving? How did it all start? Why is it so centered around food? Let's let Linus explain. In
0: the year 1621, the Pilgrims held their first Thanksgiving feast. They invited the great Indian chief, Massasoit, who brought 90 of his brave Indians and a great abundance of food. Governor William Bradford and Captain Miles Standish were honored guests. Elder William Brewster, who was a minister, said a prayer that went something like this. We thank God for our homes and our food and our safety in a new land. We thank God for the opportunity to create a new world for freedom and justice.
1: Amen. Pretty solid explanation there by Linus, but let me, let me just fill in a few of the cracks. What we know about the first Thanksgiving in 1621 is fairly limited. We do know that the pilgrims had been on the brink of starvation, finding the going in the New World extremely difficult. And it was the local Native American tribe that saved them by teaching them what food would grow in the climate of New England and how best to cultivate the land. So as was customary in Europe to celebrate the harvest with a feast, the New Americans shared that tradition with the Native Americans in what is thought to have been a three-day feast with at least 140 people in attendance, eating, drinking, celebrating, and playing games. The games, of course, weren't the football games that we have today. Most likely they were running or shots at marks. As I mentioned, it was a three-day festival, and the nearest village of Natives was a two-day walk away, so for them attendance was a commitment. The menu would have consisted mostly of venison with fish and a fowl accompaniments and lots of shellfish. Mussels were, were in abundance in Massachusetts. It was also the first autumn harvest for the pilgrims, the first successful autumn harvest. So there would have been a bounty of onions, beans, cabbage, carrots, and corn, although corn removed from the corn husk and boiled and mashed into a corn meal. So definitely not the corn that we think of today. Potato, potatoes had yet to make their way to the new world. So grandma's famous buttery mashed potatoes were not there. Pumpkin, probably. Gourds were were around a lot. Although they were not in the shape of a pie, wheat flour had yet to be a thing. Cranberries, being native to the region and a favorite food and source of dye for the natives, was most definitely consumed. One interesting thing to note about that first Thanksgiving, it was another 10 years before the second Thanksgiving took place.
0: Round. Little children make a joyful sound And there's no school and we get to play And we're all thankful for this day Except for the turkey La 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 Except for the turkey There's a wreath of leaves on the front door And we all say what we're thankful for There's such good food and there's such great fun And there's such big smiles on everyone Except for the turkey La 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 Except for the for the turkey. We all join hands and sing the song with happy hearts and a love that's strong. We bow our heads and we have our feast. It's a lovely day to say the least, except for the turkey. La 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 la, la except for the turkey.
1: Speaking of the turkey, how did the turkey become the favored meal for Thanksgiving dinner? There were probably turkeys consumed at the very first Thanksgiving in 1621. It was an indigenous bird to the United States, and the Pilgrims did write about hunting wild turkeys in that autumn. But it was by no means the main source of protein then, as it is today. Some of that responsibility goes to Alexander Hamilton, who once remarked, "No citizen of the United States shall refrain from turkey on Thanksgiving Day." In the 1850s, the journals of early colonist William Bradford were reprinted after having been lost for more than a century. And he wrote of there being wild turkeys in the Plymouth area. At that point, a push to make Thanksgiving a national holiday had begun. Those advocates became fans of Bradford's, Bradford's accounts. Turkey is a uniquely American bird, and it is also practical for serving a large meal to a lot of people. You can't feed a table of 10 hungry people with chicken. But a fat enough turkey can do just the trick. They also don't do anything else, like lay eggs, or in the case of cows, give milk. Being big, juicy, and tasty is what the turkey is really good at, and thus a Thanksgiving Day tradition was born. One can only assume that the late great godfather of soul, Mr. James Brown, was singing about mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving Day. Mashed potatoes, of course, are great anytime, but they are a particular delight at Thanksgiving dinner. Dripping with gravy, getting all over your turkey, maybe mixing with your green beans, filling in every available crack that remains in your ballooning stomach... Filled with the goodness that is soon to be the fuel for your afternoon nap. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the good folks at the DailyMeal.com, the number one most popular Thanksgiving side dish is mashed potatoes. And if you are really good at making your turkey, then you are no doubt really great at making the gravy that goes along with those potatoes. Number two on the list of most popular Thanksgiving side dishes is stuffing. And please, people, don't be that cook that announces to your guests that you're giving them an extra special treat this year, homemade stuffing. No one wants that. We want stovetop stuffing or nothing. Who are you to think that you know better than the fine chefs at Kraft? Nobody, that's who. Stick with the stovetop. Now, number three on that list of most popular Thanksgiving side dishes is macaroni and cheese. Now, I love all things mac and cheese. When I was a kid, I even had a mac and cheese sleeping bag earned by submitting a copious amount of box tops of Kraft macaroni and cheese. But I confess, I have never once had mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. Although, if you have lots of children at your table, I can imagine that a nice, gooey helping of macaroni and cheese is quite the hit. Number four, we have rolls. Of course, some type of dinner roll is always a must. Number five, it's cranberry sauce. Now, I know I'm going to get some flack for this, but I don't really like cranberry sauce. Now, cranberry gel, on the other hand, that, you know the stuff that maintains the shape of the can after it slides out and onto your plate— That I'm a fan of. That always makes an appearance at my Thanksgiving dinner table. Number six, green bean casserole. Always a favorite for me. And that just edges out number seven, sweet potato casserole, which I'm not a big fan of, but I know that that's a big, big thing at Thanksgiving. Number eight, Brussels sprouts. Number nine, cream spinach. And rounding out the top ten of the most popular Thanksgiving dinner side dishes is candied yams at least according to the experts at thedailymeal.com. Football fans around the world owe their Thanksgiving Day traditions to Needham and Wellesley High Schools in Massachusetts. In 1882, it was these two schools that played the first ever Thanksgiving Day football game, a tradition that the two have continued ever since. When the NFL played its inaugural season in 1920, known officially at that point as the American Professional Football Association, there were six games that Thanksgiving holiday. By the time the Detroit Lions joined the tradition in 1934, only three games were played, The distinction of a Thanksgiving Day NFL game was Detroit's alone from 1953 to 1965 when in 1966 the Dallas Cowboys first played their Thanksgiving Day game. The American Football League played its own Thanksgiving Day games from 1960 until the merger with the NFL after the 1969 season. Of course, even though Thanksgiving traditions and celebrations in the United States go back to the 1600s, those were largely regional celebrations scattered around the fall on the calendar. It wasn't until the Civil War, when the country was in its most dire and divided state, that we all came together as a nation for a moment of reflection and gratitude together at the behest of President Abraham Lincoln. This was his official proclamation as delivered on October 3, 1863. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, Peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. Needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore before. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield, and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and one voice, by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next, As a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they also do, with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it, as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union.
0: We've come to the time and the season. When family and friends gather near To offer a prayer of thanksgiving For blessings we've known through the years To join hands and thank the creator Now when thanksgiving is due And this year when I count my blessings I'm thanking The Lord, he made you. This year when I count my blessings, I'm thanking the Lord, he made you. I'm grateful for the laughter of children, the sun and the wind and the rain, the color of blue in your sweet eyes, the sight of a highball and train the moon rise over a prairie and oh love that you've made new and this year when i count my blessings i'm thanking the lord he made you and this year when i count my blessings i'm thanking the lord he made you and when the time comes to be going it won't be in sorrow and tears i'll kiss you goodbye and i'll go on my way grateful for all of the years i thank For all that you gave me For teaching me what love can do And Thanksgiving Day For the rest of my life I'm thanking the Lord he made you Thanksgiving Day For the rest of my life I'm thanking the Lord he made you
1: And that's all for me. Until next week, happy Thanksgiving.
0: The Kyle Talks Podcast is a 1010 Media Production. Goodbye.